0: Welcome to the High Fidelity Podcast. I am your host, Bridget Connery, coming to you from the dialed studio at Hula on the shores of beautiful Lake Champlain in Burlington, Vermont. In today's episode, we speak with Verena Von Fetten of Gossamer Magazine and Dr. Alex Capano of Ananda Professional the two women behind Gossamer's wonderful lineup of hemp-derived products. We'll be stocking Gossamer at our upcoming retail store. Lucky you. Yeah, I just spilled the tea. That is the name of our store. And it is going to be full of fabulous products and people to support your self-care routine. In our conversation, we do a deep dive into Gossamer's formulations and learn along the way what you should be considering to make smart choices when approaching this product category. And let me tell you, it is so much more than CBD. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we're back. We're excited this week to share our conversation with Verena Von Fetten of Gossamer Magazine and Dr. Alex Capano of Ananda Professional, two women that are leading the way in their respective fields in the cannabis space. Gossamer might just top the list of our go-to lifestyle brands. Since 2017, they have been a beacon for, quote, people who also smoke weed, a category I wholeheartedly place myself in and believe will resonate with our audience. They look at the world, travel, design, art, culture, and food through a green lens. What does it actually mean to be high, and how do we get to that sought-after place? It is not always through substances, right? It can be exercise, meditation, witnessing yourself in a piece of art, a delicious meal shared with friends, or exploring a new place. Gossamer tells the stories that channel the mindset of someone having their best high through interviews, features, photo essays, recommendations, and more, all of which will pique your curiosity, make you laugh, or change your perspective. And the products? We love them. Sometimes it is about turning to our plant allies for support, and Gossamer's lineup delivers. Verena and Alex worked on them together, formulating for effect with their flagship products Dusk and Dawn. One to energize your day, and the other to help you sleep at night. In talking about these products, we explored what goes into making an effective product, from the differences in full-spectrum extracts and isolates, to the role of secondary cannabinoids like CBN, THCV, and CBG, and the benefits of terpenes, as well as where to start with milligram content and how to titrate up or down to determine your minimum effective dose. That's the sweet spot. If we've learned anything over the years working with cannabinoids, More does not necessarily mean better. And there is still much work to do to educate people about this truth. Thankfully, we have our friends at Gossamer to help us figure it all out. For more detailed info on both Verena and Dr. Capano, check out the show notes for links to their bios and professional careers. There is a lot to chew on there, as well as links to subscribe both to the High Fidelity and Gossamer newsletters. You won't be disappointed. All right, let's get into the show. We hope you enjoy it. All right. Well, Verena von Fetten from Gossamer and Dr. Alex Capano from Ananda Professional. Welcome to the High Fidelity Podcast.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, me too.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we're super stoked to have you. It's interesting. I will was asking me ahead of the show how I know you two. Um, <laughs> and My answer was that I've been following you, I think, since the beginning. I mean, I fortunately had somebody that worked with us um, way back when who introduced me to the magazine, which I loved. So I've been a subscriber since then and uh, use your products. And I think the most notable uh, piece of information was that I subscribe to your newsletter. And I think it's like the only newsletter that I actually read every oh. single time I get it.
1: Well, that is the, the best endorsement we could possibly have. I might have to pull this audio out and use it for my purposes.
0: <laughs> because it's wonderful. It talks about the things that I really care about, and it's one of the reasons why we're bringing Gossamer product line in. And, you know, we're calling the, the folks that we bring into our store, which are opening soon, brand partners, because we, we believe in what they're doing, and we feel like they're going to resonate with our target audience. And so I love how Gossamer it's not just about cannabis. I mean, you say it specifically. It's for people who also smoke weed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're going to be talking to our customers about a lot of different things. So, Verena, instead of me talking about your mm-hmm. company, why don't you give me kind of a lowdown of like, you know, who you are, what your background is, why you started Gossamer, the highlights.
1: Sure, sure. I'll try and be somewhat efficient. Um, so, I'm the co-founder of Gossamer. I I mean, a little bit about me. I guess my background is actually largely in In media and more in lifestyle, fashion, food, culture, um, that kind of thing. But I am also Canadian. I grew up in Vancouver, British Columbia. And I think, you know, Vancouver and and BC in particular has actually quite a prominent cannabis culture. It's sort of, you know, for for lack of a better description, kind of like the California of Canada, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's got that sort of West Coast Feel, and then honestly, just like a really robust cultivation community. So I have, you know, sort of smoked weed for a very long time and have been very kind of comfortable with it. And it's always been largely decriminalized. So it's been a really large part of my life, um, mm. honestly, since I was a teenager. And uh, a f- about five, six years ago, my co-founder, David Wiener, um, he and I met, you know, one of our I think both of our first or second jobs out of college working at the Huffington Post Right when it launched, and he and I were working on a couple of consulting projects together and talking about what we both wanted to do next. And he had mentioned being interested in exploring doing something in cannabis. I had been talking about building some sort of brand on my own. I was actually thinking more in the beauty space. And when he mentioned cannabis to me, I, I got excited. I was like, there's such a cool opportunity here. You know, it's something I, it's a part of my life. I care so much about it, but I don't. Give it this the same care that I do the other objects or things I surround myself with whether mm. it's what I buy or even what I was smoking or how I was smoking it or how I was consuming it and largely that was because of access right and yeah. um, criminalization and then also just how it was you know marketed which was largely for men you know I, I think women often were a bit of an afterthought even in the legal markets as you know, whether it was like Colorado early on or like even early California. So I was really interested in the topic. And then two other pieces were one, it felt really creatively fulfilling. You know, we both come from an editorial background. We both knew we wanted to build something ultimately with products. But the idea of being able to look at the world through the lens of cannabis kind of meant nothing was off limits, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of being siloed, you know, when I worked at a, a fashion magazine, everything had to have a fashion angle. You know, when David covered local politics, everything had to be local politics. But through cannabis, we could do both of those things or all of those things because it does sort of have an impact on, you know, how people interact with the world and what they're interested in. And then the third piece is that he had, um, David, uh, I mentioned, you know, had worked uh, covering local politics. He had also worked, um, spent some time volunteering at a maximum security prison. And is just very, very passionate about like the criminal justice and social justice component around um, cannabis. And he actually did uh, a lot of education on my behalf early on Mm -hmm. as we were thinking about it. I think I came in with a little bit of um, naivete around the the category and and what we could do. And so the idea of building something that we thought could stand the test of time and, and really hopefully help people that was also creatively fulfilling and that could maybe move the needle in terms of how it was talked about or how people understood it or how people thought about it in the context of what their dollars could do to sort of change the political and and sort of social landscape around cannabis. Those three things are what made us start Gossamer. So that's a little bit about us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the timing of it too, just in terms of the New York launch, being ahead of that so that you could be a prominent voice in that space when it launched. I mean, it took a lot longer than everybody thought.
1: Oh, but. absolutely. And then, you know, that's why we started with a print publication. One, I mean, not even the print was what we knew best, you know, editorial and storytelling is what we knew best. Um, but we wanted very much to create a physical object that we thought would represent the world of cannabis um, mm-hmm. or our world of cannabis. Um, I We also felt, you know, screens were... <laughs> six years ago felt there was too much screen time and too much noise and that a print magazine would be sort of like a breath of fresh air and a way to show, you know, honestly, sometimes I feel like people are smoking weed to, you know, to focus in or turn inwards a little bit. And why would we then encourage people to read a screen? And all of that was then in anticipation of being able to build something without necessarily being in a legal state, being able to reach people both nationally and honestly, internationally. The magazine sold in 26 countries. Wow.
0: Um, so, awesome. you know,
1: that that was kind of the idea.
0: Cool. Well then, because uh, I want to weave uh, Alex in here sooner sure. rather than later too, but so you started with the magazine and then you, you added the product line and it was hemp-based, yeah. which also would give you that reach, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, after the, uh, the 2018 Farm Bill. Yeah. And so, Dr. Capano, I will hear a, bit, a little bit about you. You were the one who formulated uh, Dusk and Dawn, which those were the first two, right, in the yeah. product Dusk line. was
1: the first by a year. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Alex, but yeah, Dusk was our very first.
0: Yeah, so how did you two meet, uh, Dr. Capano? How did you get into the Gossamer world and get connected to Verena to help with their formulations?
2: Uh, Verena, how did we meet? I think it was, was it Claire Mazur.
1: I think it was Claire Mazur. Yeah. Mutual friend.
2: Yeah. Mutual friend who said, I uh, knew that, I don't know how long you had known her before, but I actually was friends with her growing up in Delaware. Um, so we were friends since I was about 15. And then she had me on her podcast and learned about what I was doing in cannabis and and said, you have to meet Verena and David and, and learn about Gossamer. Um, that nice. was a few years ago.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I'm not familiar with Claire. She, she?
1: has she um, has a company now called A Few Things with Claire and Erica. She was also the founder of something called Of A Kind, um, mm-hmm. which was an early uh, RIP Of A Kind, frankly, but as sort of early. Um,
2: I so many good pieces from them.
1: Yeah, like editorial content to commerce play. They basically started covering small up and coming designers and then working with them on limited edition runs of like special products they actually ended up being acquired by bed bath and beyond so oh. you know they, they did a lot of things, good work very very right and now they yes. still have an amazing podcast called a few things with claire and erica that i would highly recommend but when Excellent. we met alex i was just thrilled to meet someone in cannabis and in cannabis who is another obviously another woman mm-hmm. who i think sort of shared a similar perspective on like the you know of it and then also had like the science bona fides you know we were in uh, an era where it was a little bit it still is you know in many ways like the wild west and Mm -hmm. so much was unvetted and we knew there were so many products out there that were really just a cash grab and not quality and so originally it was we were thinking about it more from education we wanted to learn from her and you know, Alex, you should definitely share a little bit of your background and and, and your education, obviously, yes. because it's so important.
2: Um, so I, you know, I think a lot of people got to cannabis if, you know, if they're not 20 um, through a circuitous career path, right? Because it's relatively new for, for mm-hmm. most of us. And I you know studied neuroscience, went back to school, I got a couple of degrees and became a family n p and I focused primarily on sexual health, women's health, but did primary care as well and worked in juvenile detention centers
1: you know and really
2: got a front row seat to school to prison pipeline and a lot of the social justice issues cannabis prohibition was causing uh, you know in in a from a public health perspective. Mm-hmm. So I decided I knew I wanted to go back and and get a doctoral degree and um, push my career further. And I lobbied to study the science of cannabinoids. And this was I actually finished in 2017. So this was relatively early. And I think everyone thought I was a little bit crazy. You know, what are you going to do with that? And luckily, I was in the right place at the right time. And early enough because I was not worried about, you know, being so controversial and studying it. Now it's, it's, it's much more accepted by healthcare professionals and and just generally by the public. But at the time there was still so much stigma, Mm -hmm. stigma remains, but it was even worse. And then, you know, meeting someone like Verena and meeting Verena and David, I started to learn the unfortunate truth that despite the, you know, potential grassroots history of the industry, it was really being taken over by, you know, old money, um, people who didn't really care about the accessibility and social justice aspect part, let alone the the lifestyles. So, you know, that was really a breath of fresh air for me to, to align with the group that is going about it through through different lens, the right lens.
0: Right. So what was the first thing that you did with your, so you got your doctorate and, and what was specifically, I mean, cannabinoid science, you got to build your own.
2: <laughs> Basically we like made up the curriculum. I mean, I had some obvious core things that I had to do, but what I ended up doing was at the time I'm in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania was about to roll out their medical program. So what I did was I did, all of the reviews of, you know, what are cannabinoids? How is it delivered? Why does it matter? Um, what conditions are people using this for? What are the data behind the use on those conditions? Safety, efficacy, dosing, delivery, and put together a program to educate, you know, nurses and physicians and pharmacists about recommending this safely, correctly and without stigma. So it was an unusual project, I think, for for someone at the level and and with the degree I was pursuing. I reflect on it six and seven years later. And and, um, I know so much more now than I did then. We all do because of the removal or at least reduction in red tape to research Yeah. and the discussions that we're all having and the research that I've been able to conduct myself. So I have certainly updated that curriculum um, multiple times over the years.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, constantly evolving. So all of those things that you just identified are, I kind of want to get into all of them as we talk about why you made the choices together to develop these, these two products for Gossamer. Um, what were you thinking when you were going into these, like what were the, the points that you wanted to drive home in terms of quality and why these formulas work?
1: Yeah. It, like through Gossamer had been covering um, the CBD category a, a fair amount, largely with product recommendations, when we could when we felt like there were products that were vetted and and effective mm-hmm. and one of the biggest things that we were both seeing in the market and being asked about by readers or you know followers in our DMs was around sleep um you know it's a fairly universal use case um mm-hmm. everyone almost everyone either needs more sleep or wants more sleep or struggles with sleep and cannabis has obviously kind of always had uh, a little bit of a moment around, you know, smoking weed to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then we started seeing all these CBD products um, flooding the market and being positioned as a sleep tincture or a sleep gummy. And the more we looked at it, the more we were sort of like, you know, these don't really work. You know, they're, they're sort of saying that CBD can help with sleep and it can, but it, it doesn't actually feel like a truly effective sleep product. And I think at this point, we had, you know, become connected with Alex and we're talking with her a lot. And I think we, we sort of came to her and said, we're interested in, in starting to make products. I think the number one thing that we would like to focus on, at least to start, is sleep. And I remember, Alex, you, you know, we had sort of heard a little bit and were reading a little bit about these sort of, quote unquote, you know, secondary cannabinoids. But I remember you, I, I think we were even on a call or maybe in person, but I sort of remember you being like, so let's talk about CBN. <laughs> yeah. Specifically, I'd kind of
0: like to dive into like what, what makes an effective sleep formula when you're talking about a, a hemp-derived product.
2: It's interesting because CBD can be a relaxant and um, a sleep aid at particular doses, but can do the opposite effect at other doses, so you have to be careful about that number one. And number two, I mean, with anything, it's, it's also about ratios. So you do want um, some THC and THC can have the same effect where for some folks, it's going to induce sleep at higher doses, but for others, it's actually going to cause that paranoia, agitation, or just restlessness. So I know that, you know, laws state by state are, are, you know, trying to restrict and control this a bit more, but you can get a non-negligible level of uh, THC in a hemp-derived product and use the, the ratios of CBD to THC to be the most calming and least provoking. There's really a, an absence of you know, publications in the scientific literature on CBN and its ability to induce sleep, but we do know that it doesn't work without having CBD and or THC on board. So it's not going to do anything if you have a CBN isolate by itself. It's not going to have that sedative effect that CBN is so well known for. And you and you want to have enough CBN where you actually feel something, right? That's a main component and then the terpenes are certainly crucial because terpenes, many of them are arguably cannabinoids themselves, right? And they have these very specific effects that they elicit, um, both on a cellular level, but also on a neurochemical level that they induce um, certain feelings or behaviors. So we wanted to combine things that naturally exist in the cannabis plant, but within the right levels and the right ratios to, you know, get the desired effect that so many Mm -hmm. people are seeking.
0: So... When you're talking about ratios, and there's a lot to talk about here, and this is kind of, I'd like to try to get into it, at least on a basic level, because I think people have a hard time navigating these products. You know, they're they're very interested and they want to understand, like, what's my dose and how many milligrams do I need of each? And what's the difference between an isolate and something that's full spectrum? And so when you put this formula together, the Dusk, it's a full spectrum extract that's primarily CBD and some, this is a new term for me, non-negligible. <laughs> I'm used to the opposite, which is non-detectable, you know, for people who want to make sure that there's, you know, not any THC in there at lower, uh, low enough levels where you can't detect them. So non-negligible is a new term for me. So what is, what is the exact definition of that? Something that's below the, the federal limit <laughs> for legality or?
2: Well, I would say that is a term that Verena can probably speak to better, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's not negligible. It's not not detectable. It's not broad spectrum where you've eliminated any detectable trace of Delta-9 THC. It's there, but it is below the level the 0.3%. of percent. illegality, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, of the .3%. Okay. Cool. I just didn't know that we had a term for that. Now it's a nice short way of saying that. I'm going to use that from now on. Um, and so, is it right that you're using like a full spectrum uh, extract and then boosting it with CBN, or how are those? How's that ratio coming together for you in that formula?
2: It depends. Generally, no. Um, at so I. I'm the chief science officer at a company called Ecofiber. One of our arms is Ananda Hemp or Ananda Health. And we grow all of our plants outside. We have a really, really large um, database and collection of genetics. So over the years, we've um, gotten pretty sophisticated in our agronomy to breed the kind of plants with the kind of ratios we want for different products. But, you know, there's always going to be some variability with that. Um, I I don't know if I got this from you, Verena, or -hmm. if I've just said it so much that now I think it's mine, (laughs) but I always think, I think of it like wine, uh, where you can plant the same seeds and grow the same grapes, but depending on the year and the climate and the slope of the hill and the region you're in, you know, California or France, you're going to get a different bottle, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's the same of cannabis plants that are, you know, grown outside in in the sunshine and nature, yes. so when that occurs, um, if we don't get the ratios that we want, then we can actually separate um, cannabinoids and terpenes using mass spectrometry, and then add them back together at the levels desired for specific outcomes.
0: Right. If so you, need to.
2: you know, it's all still plant-based and comes from the plant. It's it's sort of like you dis- disassemble the cake and then put it back
0: together again. Right, right. And does that go the same with the terpenes? I mean, the terpenes are botanically uh, extracted, not coming from the hemp plant per se. There's probably some in some of the Mm -hmm. extracts that you're using, but you're boosting there as well, which is a common practice too. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: And so when you thought about what the total milligram content was going to be, How did you make that decision? I think what we're trying to do to train in the market is it's really not more is better. (laughs) It's about the total, the entourage effect people talk about. And so why did you land on the total cannabinoid content that you did? And how do you speak to people about that?
1: I would say our number one focus, and Alec, I hope this is how you felt about it too. We just cared about efficacy. Um, from a positioning perspective or a marketing perspective, you know, at that point there were products out on the market. There were a thousand milligrams. There were products that were a hundred milligrams. We were seeing stuff that was 2000, 3000. All we cared about is figuring out a formula that would actually put people to sleep. Um, and I think I'll let Alex sort of speak to how we landed on, you know, 300 milligrams if there is a specific answer there. Other than just that was the formula, we didn't want to add anything extra. We weren't trying to pretend or, you know, artificially inflate the the quantity to try and make it seem like more bang for your buck. You know, I think that yes. that that speaks a little bit more to David and my background, where we just said we can explain this. You know, we know how to do this education. We know how to position this both to our own customers, to our own readers, um, and then also to you know the press and the media because you know in launching a new product uh, even at that time you know we weren't necessarily super early in the CBD category the reason we even launched this product is because we felt there was so much noise and nothing really effective and so you know we both come from from media we have lots of friends who are editors you know whether it's beauty or wellness or even like more like you know, New York Times reporters. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we were really focused on when we were talking about why we were launching was, was not about milligrams and not about price or any of it, but truly just about education around the holistic formulation and why it's more about how these pieces work together than just how much is in any one thing, which I think is honestly like a conversation that we're still trying to have that the industry still needs to have at large about cannabis too. You know, it's not just about, the THC percentage in something that, you know, makes it an effective high or gives you the experience you want. It's about the full spectrum of cannabinoids across all products. It's also about the terpenes. So yeah, I, I mean, Alex, if you know specifically why it was that it was, you know, really the 300 milligram number that we hit for Gossamer originally, but I, for me, it was just that I remember sampling a few different formulas and and that one was right. And, and that's how we picked it.
2: Yeah, we. That was a that was a fun time sampling those formulas. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Love to be on that focus group. <laughs> yeah,
2: but beyond that, um, a couple of things. So you mentioned the entourage effect, and the entourage effect is something I I don't want to say believe, you know, it's science, but I I, I trusted that that theory was accurate. Um, it had been supported by a few studies back in the day and, and some researchers who are you know the OGs of, of cannabis research, and they were very convinced that the entourage effect was real. Um, since then, there have been so many more data to come out that support the entourage effect, meaning you take far less of a full spectrum or, you know, at least having some THC and CBD together for the same desired outcome than you would have isolates. So with anything, you want to take the lowest effective dose, right? Um, mm-hmm. These aren't biologically inert compounds. We can't talk about all the things that they do to benefit us and then act as if, you know, they're not metabolized in our body by our liver. Um, so while their, you know, toxicity is, is really reassuring, they're very safe, let's always just use as little as you need of anything, right? Yes. So now we see that really across the board in different conditions or even, you know, recreationally, that full spectrum um, often requires about 10 times less of a dose than an isolate. So that was really important. We knew we could get a lot at an initial recommended dose of, of, you know, 10 milligrams in that bottle of 300. And secondly... There's the entourage effect, but then there's also the bell-shaped dose-response curve. So if you think, okay, I'm taking more and I'm getting improved uh, outcomes or, you know, improved experiences, and then I took more and it didn't do anything better, and then I took more and it actually did the opposite, like I said, where um, it can prevent sleep as opposed to um, induce it if that's what you're seeking... So we wanted to be really careful and, and, you know, focused on educating people that more isn't always better. This actually, um, can do the opposite if you take more. So it's really personalized and this is a good starting uh, point and you can titrate up a little bit and we'll teach you how to do that. And we're very purposeful about that. But, um, you know, we don't want you to be taking so much because uh, you might be disappointed. You'll, you'll yeah. likely be disappointed. Yeah. You don't need to.
1: Yeah, yeah and I, I'll, I'll I'll just jump in quickly to say that that, it, it was so interesting because I remember having that conversation with Alex about sort of less is more and, and that the bell curve like really stuck in my head. But that, that ethos is also like very, very core to Gossamer. You know, we make a print publication that we do two issues a year and we're really mindful of where we print it and how we print it. We have, Mm -hmm. you know, essentially three wholly owned products on the market to date in the cannabinoid space um, that, you know, we have done since launch. And if we were a different type of business, we'd probably have 10 or 20 or 50. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I could think of Ten more, we could launch tomorrow if we wanted to. Right. <laughs> yeah. Really stay stay focused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just really, I feel so strongly. There's so much out there that I, unless I think that we can make something, unless it doesn't exist and we can create it and it needs to exist, or unless I think we can genuinely do something better, it doesn't. I don't think it serves us or our customers or frankly, like the world at large to. Yeah. To make it.
0: Yeah, and I really appreciate that. This. One of the reasons why we're bringing in the Gassamer brand, too, I mean, we're trying to do a lot in a little store. <laughs> I think the only sublinguals that we're bringing in are yours. Um, and you've got the two sublinguals with Dusk and Dawn. You've got yeah. the uh, the CBG Happy Hour pre-rolls. Pre-rollers. And you've yes. got the Stone Fruit... Um, Delights, which is a collaboration with one of our other favorite cannabis brands, which is Rose. And so we're going to bring in some of their other gummies, too. So we'll have yours and uh, complement with some of their varieties. And then we're going to have some topicals and like suppositories. But we're not overlapping because we feel like you guys do a really good job with covering those those categories. Um, and they are effective products. So um, so I guess what I'd like to go with that is the challenges that people have when they're approaching uh, CBD is like knowing where to start. Like, what is the, where, what is the dose they should start with? And, uh, you know, how do they go up from there and how long should they take it? You know, like what can they expect? And I know it's different for everybody, but I would love to hear your take (laughs) on that.
1: I mean, we, we generally tell people to start the same thing we would with weed, you know, just start low and you can always increase, um, so is that
0: 10 milligrams or 20 or yeah, less I mean, so generally
1: much? based on our formulation, we say start with 10 um, yeah. because that feels like a pretty comfortable threshold. There are definitely people who take 10 and then realize, you know, they actually need a little less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that's, you know, the, the smaller percentage um, and that's sort of how we want to operate. I would rather the majority of people start with 10 milligrams and feel like that's right or need to add a little more. Than anyone take too much to start and sort of, you know, say, wait a second, this is, this isn't what I wanted or this, you know, to Alex's point sort of had the opposite um, intended effect. And then we do really try and encourage people and remind people. And again, this is, you know, a a lot of Alex's education, but that um, consistency does matter with these types of products. You know, something Mm -hmm. like Dusk does have a very um, binary, uh, like effect. It either helps you sleep or it doesn't, but it can be more effective the more consistently you take it. Um, largely because it has almost like a a compounding effect. And I don't necessarily want to speak biologically or Alex jump in, but more the idea that like, if you're starting to sleep a little bit better, and if it is also helping with some of the other, um, things that, you know, these cannabinoids can help with, whether that's anxiety or muscle pain or inflammation, you know, the more consistently you're taking it, the more effective it will be in the long run. And so we really do encourage people, um, you know, every now and then we'll get someone who who orders the product, tries it, emails the next day and said, you know, this didn't work, can I return it? And of course they, they're more than welcome to, but we typically say like, why don't, could you, you know, keep, keep taking it for a few more weeks or try varying your dosage a little bit and we have a very like open line of communication. It's a small business. If people email us, our customer service line, it's either myself, David, or Paloma, who works with us, that is answering it directly. And you know, we really encourage people to use that, and we're, we'll walk them through it. And if after three weeks or you know a whole bottle, they still say it didn't work for me, then sure, we'll take it back. Though I'd, I honestly can count probably on one hand the amount of times that's actually happened.
0: Right. And so, what increments? you start at 10 and you tell people to like, you don't feel anything for a week, you go up another 10. I'd be curious too to hear from Dr. Capano, like you see clients and you maybe are recommending cannabinoids to, and CBD products to people. How do you explain it to people who aren't approaching it for the first time?
2: So I'm, you know, i I would vary this uh, depending on THC. Yeah, content of course. Of when it, yeah. <laughs> so with CBD one, um, you know, we covered this, but I would make sure that it is a full spectrum because if it's not, then I'm going to have a very different starting dose. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll still be, uh, you know, a little bit higher for, for a broad spectrum, or that's where you have the node detectable thc Um, but you still have the other compounds that are going to contribute to the entourage effect. So, you know, the education remains often, and unfortunately, the starting point hasn't moved very far in the last few years. So you still have to say, you want to get um, a high quality product, you want to get a full spectrum product. Um, and, you know, if you're using a, an edible or a gummy or something, how are they making it? Um, you know, Rose Los Angeles is, is yeah, doing something, I think, really out of the box and really different, and really effective with rosin. But... Other people are just you know spraying isolates onto gummies and then they fall off in the packaging and you don't know how much you're getting. So, you know, the first step is always vetting products or going to a place where you trust that they've vetted them for you. You know, like your dispensary. And then I I do recommend for adults um, not going by weight-based, but starting at 10 milligrams total cannabinoids, and then not waiting a full week to increase, but increasing by smaller increments. So every two to three days, increasing by five milligrams. And if people are brand new and there's some trepidation, um, and even if they're not, uh, but they're using this for, for sleep, you know, if it's, if it's dusk, that's a, an intended um, effect, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's something else, I say, you know, use this at night when you're home. You don't have any responsibilities. If it makes you drowsy, it's not a big deal. You can go to bed. You're not driving a car. Um, And then if you want to start adding morning doses, then you can after two to three days. So most people get, you know, systemically all of the different things that they're looking for from CBD by taking something twice a day um, that, that tends to be more effective. So, you know, if you had dawn in the morning and dusk at night, for example, that's, that's ideal. But I say, yeah, that those increments are pretty small, five milligrams every two to three days. And if you continue to increase and you feel the same, uh, or you feel any worse, you know, you've reached that top or you've gone over the, the bell-shaped curve, right? You're to go on the downhill. And, you know, lastly, I'll just, it's pretty rare that people are non-responders, but they certainly exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the guidance I give people, and you're going to have an outlier here or there, you know, somebody listening to this is going to say, no, I need 600 milligrams in every dose. <laughs> of course. And, okay, exactly. fine, but you're the outlier. But for, for full spectrum, if someone's not getting any response whatsoever—it's something like 60 milligrams. I, you know, that's—it's just not something that's really going to work for them.
0: Right. Um, oh, good information. Thank you. We'll be right back after a short break. Hey there, it's me again, with a friendly reminder to follow our lovely little show wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're really digging what you hear, like the show, review it, and share it with your friends. We'd really appreciate it. Take care, and thanks for listening. Let's talk about the dawn formula um, and why that was formulated the way it is. Because that's for daytime. That's for energizing and creativity.
1: Yeah, we were, you know, we had had dusk um, on the market. Honestly, not too long when we started thinking about dawn. Everything we make is often a response to, you know, feedback or you know what we're we're seeing with readers and or on the market, or sort of in like media trends. And one thing we were seeing a lot of was the moment in time where everyone was selling like CBD coffee, you know, you can pay $5 extra and get like CBD added to your coffee.
0: Yeah, um, and it never tasted good. No, ever.
1: it never tasted good. And honestly, it didn't really work. Um, yeah. and, and you know, we there was really no way of like knowing what that product was usually exactly. So yes. We, and, and then on top of it, we were, you know, hearing people either I love dusk, helps me sleep, but I'm really looking for something to take during the day, or, you know, I don't have a problem sleeping, but I'm looking for something that will give me a little more energy. And then internally, we were also, we were just very, very interested in the possibilities around these lesser, quote unquote, lesser lesser secondary cannabinoids and these slightly more specific effects that some of them, you know, or the potential that they might have. And so when we started thinking about something for morning, something for energy, we came to Alex and and said the same thing. Or or honestly, Alex, you might have even, I don't know if it was chicken egg here, but you also might have said something about THCV, realizing that that was exactly what people were asking us for. for. So, you know, please like jump in and and talk a little bit about Dawn and THCV and why why it exists.
2: I feel like we were having the conversation sort of, the same time I was tinkering and with THCV and you guys were getting that feedback and it was a little bit serendipitous I think but THCV is it's energizing I mean Mm. it's going to increase alertness it even increases um some you know cognitive function and studies so I think of it if you're someone who maybe has that like cup of coffee or need for a cup of coffee at three o'clock or just that like afternoon slump, I know I certainly do. This is a really nice alternative that isn't going to keep you up or dehydrate you or give you the jitters. And personally, I know I speak scientifically so much, but personally, that became really huge for me and, and continues to be especially working from home and being much more sedentary than I used to be when I was in my clinic all day. That THCV and the, and the the dawn, I actually use it like middle or late afternoon, but then I'm still able to fall asleep. It does what I wanted to do in the moment and not prolong the effects when I, when I no longer want them and I want to get to sleep.
0: Yeah. And so THCV... As a cannabinoid, where does that fall on the regulatory spectrum? Because it's not Delta-9. You know, I think it's you know people who are in the industry. And you know, they've they heard 8, of THC yeah. and, and CBD, but THCVs, it's like it's another one of those acronyms. Like, well, what is it? And so um, where does it fall on the, the regulatory spectrum um, in your mind? How do you approach that?
2: So it's not, it's certainly not Delta-9 or Delta-8. It's, it's not... Uh, tetrahydrocannabinol
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's a tetrahydrocannabivarin. <laughs> so, so it's, a, it's a different molecule um, and so it's not,
0: it's not regulated by the 2018 no, Farm not Act point, yes. but you know
2: there's a lot of people doing the regulation who um, are not as knowledgeable as you would hope mm-hmm. um, some of them are even trying to but there's a lot of misinformation, disinformation, lack of information out there Um, so, you know, you do have some people lobbying for limiting THCV. Uh, and the, the reality is, and, and why Dawn is formulated the way that it is, is THCV can increase the intoxication or, or other euphoric effects of THC. So if you have high THC and you add THCV to that, it can make, the, T, the THC more potent. So you want to be careful with how much THC is there if you're, if you're not trying to. Um,
0: right. You know, yeah. But on its own, it's not oh, euphoric no. and doesn't yeah. create the same kind of high that THC, Delta 9 THC does. No, no. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's just a kind of, it's like energetic, right? I mean, I don't exactly. know how to explain it, you know? Um, and it also, is there research that supports that it's also appetite suppressing, is there heart science on there, that? or
2: There's some research that supports that. Uh, yes. I, I feel like I heard recently, and I was kind of late to this, but it's been called diet weed, which
0: <laughs>
2: I actually kind of... Really, like we need that. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I really hate it. But um, so it does appear to suppress appetite. Yes. Um, and interestingly, there's a pharmaceutical company um, several years ago, who tried to um, base, create a compound that did the opposite of what Delta-9 does in, in creating the munchies, right? Mm-hmm. And um, therefore have this appetite suppressant. So this is, you know, pre And what happened in that clinical study um, or the clinical trial for it was that people actually got really depressed um, and there were, you know, they had to stop the study because it was so dangerous because of what it was doing um, just to people's brains and, and the depression it was causing. And I Hmm. you know, there was a couple instances of suicide. So then if you look at THCV, it it has that effect of, of suppressing appetite, but it's not, it's not a CB1 antagonist. And that's what they were looking at um, in this study. So you can get, some of the benefits for people who might feel like they need um, appetite suppression, but without the risks of, you know, something that's going to shut down all of the dopamine and and euphoria in your brain.
0: Right. Cool. All right. Well, in the short amount of time that we have left, um, let's talk a little bit about um, the sublingual category on its own. So both dusk and dawn are infused oils, um, Some people call them tinctures, but I'm an herbalist and I always try to (laughs) jump in there and be like, okay, these are infused oils, they're not tinctures. Tinctures are alcohol-based. So they're supposed to have a little bit more of a faster uh, response time uh, than an edible, right? But as an infused oil, like what is the expectation? Are there some general guidelines that you can give on CBD and those sublinguals in particular in terms of what people can expect for onsets and durations of effect? And again, it's different for everybody, but basic guidelines that might apply for most situations.
1: Alex, I'm gonna let you take that one. <laughs> I
2: was like, you know. Um, for a CBD sublingual, if you're going to actually notice an effect, which, you know, ideally you should, right? And if you're using something like Dusk and Dawn formulated for that, of course. Um, that onset is, you know, 20, 30 minutes for most people at most, really up to an hour, but um, Mm -hmm. it's, it can be faster for some people, but I I would say 20, 30 minutes is, is generally what I see in practice. um, People noticing, you know, every once in a while we'll get someone with almost immediate effects, but again, that's, that's rare and also depends on, on what, they're using it for. But yeah. it's also
0: the power of the mind, I think. <laughs> you know, yeah, if you, if you, know. Think, if you yeah. think it's going to work effectively, hey, and, and we'll take that every time.
2: <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I agree. I had this one professor talking about the placebo effect gets such a bad rep, but it's actually, you know, really remarkable and phenomenal if we could somehow harness mm-hmm. that like mind body connection.
0: Definitely. Um, so 20, 30 minutes generally, maybe yeah. up to an hour. Um, and so that's compared to like an edible, which would be usually like an hour to maybe two for some people. Mm-hmm. And then an inhalable, which would be quicker. So it's kind of uh, kind of in the middle. Um, and so the terpenes, I imagine, help with that too. You know, the, terp- you, the added terpenes that you put in there, do they help with onset effect? Because they help to, to bring the CBD into the bloodstream faster through the lining of the mouth or... We're not sure. I mean, they're solvents on their own, right?
2: Yeah. I, I actually don't know if they're going to be bringing the CBD into the bloodstream faster. We do know that some other compounds and other cannabinoids can increase their partner cannabinoids in the bloodstream. Um, so that might be an answer that you have, that I don't. But right. what they do do is, is contribute to the overall desired effect. Right. Um, and, and act, you know. More quickly than
0: than cannabinoids. Right. Cool. All right. Well, we're gonna have to do a little bit of a speed round here because um, I mm-hmm. want to cover the um, the happy hour pre rolls. So that's not a formulation that you did, Dr. Capano. Verena, do you want to talk about the choice that you made there and the farm that you're using for your flower there?
1: Yeah. Um, we, uh, you know, in that instance, it also wasn't, uh, you know, a formulation per se. Um, we were really interested in creating some sort of, um, you know, a combustible, a smokable product. Mm-hmm. We had been connected to Sonoma Hills farms, um, or farm actually via Nathan from Rose, uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I also had known, I, I We were connected to Sonoma Hill Farm. I didn't realize who owned it. And it's this woman, Joyce, who has also been in the cannabis industry for a long time. And I knew her separately. I didn't realize she'd sort of like transitioned to that. So, so that felt a little bit fortuitous. And then on top of it, um, Aaron Kiefer uh, is their head farmer there. He um, used to work at uh, like Alice Waters restaurants in California and just has like a very... Um, holistic approach to uh, cannabis in as much as it is a plant. And he really thinks about it in the context of fruits and vegetables and the food we eat and the way those things are grown. And when it came to creating something or selling something that we knew people were going to smoke, we, we, you know, again, that storytelling that sort of like background is really, really important to us in the same way we talk about Alex and and Ananda and, and all the incredible work they do. Um, We wanted to be able to talk about this farm and all the work they do, you know, and and the idea that this is not just a cannabis farm, they grow fruits and vegetables, they, you know, use um, that uh, both of those things in tandem in terms of like uh, sort of crop cycling and Regenerative. Uh, they're, they're, sorry, regenerative they're they're practice, yes. yeah, regenerative exactly. practices awesome. yeah we love that better awesome. word better word for it and also they, then they do a lot of like really good nonprofit work you know they do donate um a lot of the fruits and vegetables and the things they grow to um community um groups and organizations and we also like the idea of you know sun grown outdoor california flower for something Definitely. like this um yes. and they had said they had we knew we wanted something with CBG, um, you know, to sort of round out our offerings. If we had a CBN tincture or, a, you know, a dusk, the sleep tincture, CBN, we had THCV and Dawn and CBG was something we were really interested in as again, sort of filling out a person's day as well. You know, there, there's a time and a place for all of these products and we wanted to make sure we were adding something of value. And so if I'm going to smoke a, a, a hemp, hemp flower joint, I wanted something that I could maybe smoke in the afternoon or evening as a way to sort of like transition from work to, to, to relax, um, or something that I could smoke if I was out socially and, you know, maybe I was smoking a little bit of weed, but then I wanted to have a full joint to sort of supplement the experience or just be able to smoke, you know, while out with friends. So it was all yeah. it was meant to be very sort of recreational and, and playful. And, and so that CBG flower Um, the effects from the CBG, which, you know, again, I feel like I should let Alex sort of speak to that cannabinoid that really made sense to us as, as what we wanted to offer with this product.
0: Great. Alex, do you want to jump in there real quick on CBG?
1: Um,
2: Sure. I mean, I just, CBG is, it's, I think, I don't know if I have much to add. I mean, I can talk, (laughs) about some of the things that it's going to do in your nervous system and immune system and all of that. But it's really great just for relaxing, um, really like that transition, wanting to chill out, sort of reduce that um, stress of the day. And it's interesting what what it does in your nervous system. It has, you know, benefits. Um, for overall well-being and health long-term. But just think about it in the short term. It's it's just, it's that transition. It's it's letting your brain let go of the day, let go of the phone and the screens and the social media um, and just be present. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting, you know, CBG is relaxing to me, but it okay. also is kind of, uplifting though too yeah. at the same time kind of the way that tulsi is for me like a uh, holy basil it's like it's a nervine but it's also got some mental clarity and energy yeah. boost to go at the same time which is a really nice balance it's
1: a funny <laughs> um, thing to describe though you know I, when we were sort of um first thinking about it and writing you know the sort of the newsletter around launch it's how do you really fully explain something that is relaxing but uplifting and and you know, that I think, again, that's sort of where the idea for the name, like that happy hour came from that, you know, it it gives you this little boost. And it's also, I mean, again, frankly, why I love smoking one in the afternoon or evening, because sometimes I smoke it and then like really just spend the next 30 minutes, like wrapping up my work, you know, I get a little bit of boost and a little bit of focus. And then by the time I'm done, I can just relax. And so it has this like really... I don't know that, that sort of like the pairing of those effects, I think is just, it's a really, really lovely feeling. Um, and you know, one I hope people enjoy.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, smoking gets a bad rap because of all the issues we have on the tobacco side, but what you're saying about, um, it's a ritual, you know, and it's like tea too, if you can really embrace it, um, is that When you smoke something, it is, you have to, you have to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's like a time to pause and experience a plant that way and to be with yourself. And I, I smoke the happy hour ones because one, I've been trying, I like to smoke. I like that ritual, you know, um, and, um, a lot of the hemp, you know, I don't generally smoke tobacco. I smoke natural tobacco sometimes every once in a while, uh, hand rolled, you know, um, and you know, I consume cannabis, but I'm a total lightweight when it comes to THC. And so it's like I'm like one puff or drag off of a pre-roll and I'm done, you know? So I don't yeah. get to have that ritual or that experience of smoking, you know. Uh, and a lot of the hemp pre-rolls that are out there were just not so great. You know, they were didn't have good flavor or they were, you know, dry, whatever. And the, the happy roll or the happy roll, the happy hour the happy ones roll. are happy roll are um, they're smooth. You know, yeah. they're totally smooth um, and they taste good um, and they give me that boost. So yeah. it, it's a, it's a great.
2: I love that. I'm actually the same way. And I think people think I'm so great at smoking weed, meaning my THC tolerance is high because what I do, but I'm, I'm a lightweight. So yeah. I, I agree. I think it's a really good um, alternative for people who maybe don't want to get super stoned or, you know, they have a hard time not.
1: Yeah. yeah. I have the exact same. I'm also a lightweight, you know, I can't finish Oh, I, I take one or two hits of a, a, a typical THC joint and you know, that's fine, but I miss the ritual. I miss yeah. the idea yeah. of being able to light something and, and sort of take that 10 minute sort of break instead of sort of feeling like I'm, I'm taking a hit or two and then putting it out. I don't want to waste it. I'm trying to save it. And, exactly. you know,
0: just... <laughs> it never tastes
1: good the second it never time. never
0: tastes good. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we got to wrap it up, but I do. we got to squeeze in the, uh, the self-care. I ask everybody, you know, sure. and we've kind of been talking about that right now. We enjoy our afternoon smoke. But uh, just one thing that each of you do to take care of yourself right now.
1: Well, um, am I allowed to answer mushrooms? Is that allowed? Absolutely, one hundred. I'm glad that you are. Our last yeah. guest
0: did too, and we've got to bring it into the normal conversation because yeah. people are they're doing it and talking about it, and they're curious. So
1: I've all you know, similarly, you know, growing up in BC, I've always sort of I've I had a long life of experience with mushrooms, but it's something that um, I'm really coming back to. I'm 40 now, and. Not necessarily, sometimes a little bit recreationally, but I don't mean mushrooms in like, you know, uh, having like a super psychedelic, uh, like five hour trip. So, you mm-hmm. know, that can be fun. Um, it's more honestly as a replacement for alcohol um, or often like my my truest, like favorite self-care. And, and my boyfriend sort of teases me, he calls it my mushroom walks and I'll take it, it which is basically on a Sunday, um, you know, typically if the weather's OK, but honestly, any time of year like a little dose of mushrooms, anywhere from like basic, just above perception, like a micro dose, but something that, that I can feel. And then I just go walk around for a few hours and whether that's in the neighborhood or in a park. And I, you know, I will, if I bring my phone, I'm only listening to music, but otherwise it's just a way to be like, sort of really present with myself and offline and, you know, still moving my body and, and thinking about my surroundings in a slightly mm-hmm. different way and, yeah, it, it makes me feel really good, and honestly, makes me feel even better the next day. Um, so yeah. that—that's my my self care right now.
0: Awesome. Do you mind asking, like, what what is a micro dose? Is that like fifty milligrams? 20 yeah, milligrams? I
1: I I would say for for my my sort of Sunday walks, it's more like a hundred milligrams, something like that. Like I've done yeah. microdosing regimens, and and that's yeah. where I'd hit the fifty. But something like around 100 or a little more is, is for me, what I like, where there's just a a little bit of sparkle on everything.
0: Great. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that. Dr. Capano, what about you? That was so good.
2: Um, And I feel like there's a movement now because I feel similarly. And, you know, uh, with mushrooms, it actually, it's like I don't even want to drink some days, you know, or events where I may um, overdo it. Mushrooms are, are something that uh, prevent that mistake for me and, and also make me feel not only good and not hungover, but even better the next day. But as, I'm not going to steal yours, Brain. I just...
0: Uh, <laughs> down. Down. I love That's it. That's stealing. <laughs> um, it's adding. Yeah.
2: Yeah. This this is um, very bougie, but I actually... I have arthritis in my hip and lots of stuff. So I do... Pilates and just moving my body and feeling like I'm taking care of it, but it's also s- like strong. And um, it's just something I do for myself that makes me really happy. And when you said, you know, you go on these walks, I'm like, oh, maybe I should pair a little <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I um I recently got a used reformer from a studio in my in my neighborhood that was moving and uh, I still go to them, but I it's just the best thing I can do to make my body feel better and my mind feel better every day.
0: Excellent. Great. Well, thank you so much to both of you for being here. I know how hard it is. They're both really busy and it's hard to get three people together at the same time, so I really appreciate it. Um and uh yeah i placed my first order for gossamer today so we're gonna be stocking the shelves soon so we're excited about that and we'll be telling people to uh follow you on social and follow your newsletter because as i said before it's one of the best ones out there so thanks for that as well
1: thank you so much and thanks for having us We love lovely conversation
0: all right take care That'll do it for this episode. Thanks go out to my creative crew at High Fidelity, Olaf Willoughby and Shane Lynn, and to the team at Syntax in Motion for producing this show. A special shout-out to Will Davis, my sound engineer. Thanks to you for listening to us today. If you enjoy what you heard, subscribe on our website, highfivt.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Better yet, like, share, rate, or leave a comment. You can request topics or interviews for our show by emailing us at bewell at We'd love to hear from you. Until then, be well and have fun out there.